I'm Carol Joyce Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 56. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, this evening I wanted to continue my conversation on simple tools to help you have quiet times with God, you know, really meeting with God in the morning. What does that look like? And as I thought more about it, I wanted to give you even more information and hopefully a leg up to make this really doable. I I believe that God calls us to things and then he makes it really easy for us to do it because his commands are not grievous, they're not burdensome, and what he calls us to do, he'll enable us to do. So I'm just trying to give you every kind of leg up possible to be able to meet with God successfully, consistently, without just feeling it's hopeless, I give up, I, I just can't, you know, make the mark. Don't I don't want you to ever feel that way. So the first thing that I realized is I didn't teach you a really neat prayer. And I love to study the prayers that are in the Bible. You can't miss with praying the prayers that people in the Bible pray. And so I love to meditate on Psalm 119. It's the longest psalm and the longest chapter in the Bible. And it's all about the beauty and the blessing of the Word of God and how it just feeds our souls on many, many different levels and its glories. And so the verse that I love to pray every time I read the Bible and it's something also that was drilled into me as a young Christian is that you always pray before you read God's word because it's like if you were spending the day with let's say Ernest Hemingway and you were reading The Old Man in the Sea and you would say now Papa Hemingway what did you mean right here when you wrote this or where did you get the idea for this or what was the background or did you do research on fishermen and you know the culture of the fishing world is there such a fish as the fish you wrote about in the old man in the sea did you make that up was it based on facts since you're a famous fisherman yourself so you would be sitting there and you would be asking the author of the book for his insights and his awarenesses as he wrote the book that you're reading. Well, how much more as we read the Word of God do we get to talk to the author, the Holy Spirit, and say, well, you know, what did this mean? What were you thinking when you wrote this or when you told that story? Why didn't you give us more information? Like when, Lord, when you were on the road to Emmaus with the disciples and they didn't know that you were the Lord and they thought you were dead and you gave a whole expositional teaching on the book uh, from Genesis to you know, Malachi. So you taught on the whole, what we call the Old Testament now, and you showed that you were on every page of the Tanakh or the the Old Testament. I would give anything to know what you said to the men on the road to Emmaus. 
but that we don't have that. But if the author were sitting with me, wouldn't I be asking those kinds of questions? And being a woman, I'd be asking questions that maybe a man wouldn't ask. I'd want to know, well, what, what did the lady look like? Or what color robe? Or what color eyes did she have? Tell me about the children. Were they, did they have dirty faces? Did they have, you know, scratched up knees from all the rough housing? Like, give me the details. And so when we read the scripture with the author, sitting with us. It just is a whole different way of reading the Bible. And people say to me, I don't get anything out of the Bible. I don't understand it. And my question is always, do you pray before you read it? And here's the prayer that I think never fails. And that is from Psalm 119, verse 18. This is what King David prayed. We can't go wrong. He said, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things out of thy law. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things out of thy law. And the word thy law could also be just translated um, out of your word, basically, the, the principles of the scripture, the word of God, that, that would you help me to see beautiful things out of the word of God? So maybe make a little card and paste that on the inside cover of your Bible. And every morning as you read the word, just sit for one minute. It doesn't have to take long and say, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. Or open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things out of your law. And then as you open, you're reading with expectation and excitement. And a wonderful thing to do, especially if you're using, let's say, the St. James Fellowship we talked about uh, last week, is that keep a little journal with you whenever you read the scripture. And you can get these little thin, thin journals that will fit right inside the back or the front cover of your Bible. Just stick it in there. And then as you read the word and you're underlining and marking, then also keep a pen um, next to you. And when you find a scripture that really you feel like, okay, this is for me, then write that in your journal. And always every day, don't give up reading until the Lord has given you daily bread. Just bread for the journey. There's a Latin word called the viaticum, which means bread for the journey. And so I kind of feel that that's what we're doing in the morning. We're getting our armor on, we're getting our food for the day, and then we're going out, you know, to slay the dragons in our lives. But first, we have to become equipped and empowered and uh, get, our, get our uniform on. Also, I've always, since I was a brand new Christian, made it a practice of writing down the scripture that the Lord gives me on maybe a three by five card or just even a little piece of paper. And then I tape it in front of the sink when I'm doing dishes or um, on the speedometer when I'm driving somewhere after, you know, I've had my quiet time. Um, or on the kitchen mirror, or, I mean, um, the bathroom mirror as you're brushing your teeth or, you know, doing, doing your, you know, toiletries in the morning so that the word of God is everywhere. And of course, the biblical principle for that is found in the books of Moses, where Moses instructed the Israelites to bind the word of God on their foreheads, on the back of their hand, um, on the doorposts and lintels of their house. And if you've spent time with observant Jewish people, they usually have a small little scroll nailed to the frame of their door, and it's called a mezuzah. And it contains a, a scroll of the scripture 
that has been prayed over and blessed usually by a Jewish rabbi. But we can use that same principle. And I love the idea of even painting the word of God on your walls, on your doorposts, or hanging scripture um, above your front door, on the side of your door, um, just declaring this is a, a house where uh, the kingdom of God is dwelling in his people. And so just the word of God everywhere. Instead of these silly, you know, Humpty Dumpty murals and stuff, paint the scripture on the walls that your children grow up with. And once they can read, that will be the first thing they'll memorize and recite, maybe write a song about it, etc. Isn't it wonderful to hear from homeschool graduates who can walk and chew gum at the same time? Oftentimes, we envision homeschool as especially beneficial in the early years when children are young. We forget that homeschooling during the teen years can be even more beneficial. These years with our children are what I call the golden years. What do you want your children to look like when they're 18 or 21? What you do with them when they're two or three or four years old will be affected by this long-term vision. That's why I wrote my seminar, Begin with the End in Mind. On April 17th, I will be teaching Begin with the End in Mind in a live webinar. The replay will be available for two weeks after the live event, and the handouts you receive are yours forever. Though this seminar is all about homeschool for junior high and high school, this is the seminar I want everyone to hear, regardless of their children's ages. Register by April 10th to receive an early bird discount. Don't wait till your children are getting ready for college to attend this seminar. You will benefit from this information even in the earliest days of homeschooling. Now back to the show. Also, I've, I read, I believe it was Spurgeon, but I could be wrong. But it was a, a famous um, evangelist and preacher that every morning when he would have his quiet time, he would read until the Lord gave him a personal specific word for this gentleman's life. And then after the Lord gave it to him, then he would close his Bible and he would go outside and he would walk. And as he walked, he would meditate on that verse and its meaning for his personal life. So I love that idea of reading until the Lord gives you something personal. And then that brings me to the whole idea of meditating on scripture. So the word meditate uh, has been kind of um, stolen by the new age community, but we go way, way back with that word, way before they had used it. And it as first used, there's, there's a law in Bible study called the law of first mention. And we like to study, well, what's the time uh, the word love was first used? And interesting, it wasn't about Adam and Eve. It wasn't about anybody romantic. It was about Abraham and his love for his son, which was a foretelling of God the Father's love for his son, Jesus Christ. And so it's significant that that was the first time the word love was mentioned in the Hebrew scriptures. In the same way, I think um, the word meditate was used when Isaac was waiting for the servant Eliezer to come back from Uncle Nahor's house and and, and uh, the land of the 
Ur the Chaldees. He went to go get um, Isaac, his bride. And as Isaac was waiting, he didn't know how long it would take. It says that he was meditating out in the field. And he looked up and he saw Rebecca coming with Eliezer and her maids and everybody and their brother coming on camels. And she turned to Eliezer and she said, who is that? And he said, that's my master. And she said, oh. So she put a veil over her face and she got off of the camel and Isaac came out and he met her and he kissed her and he took her into his mother's tent and he knew her. Uh, in the biblical sense. And that was the marriage ceremony. And he gave her, uh, Eliezer had given her rings of gold when he was trying to court Rebecca for Isaac. And that's the origin of the wedding veil and the wedding ring. And so um, this idea of meditating, what is it? It's to ruminate. It's like a cow chewing its cud. And I think it's very important to slow down as we read the word of God and let the Holy Spirit speak to us. And I kind of say it's like, it's like watching a movie. Like the Holy Spirit just makes the Word of God come to life. And it's like you are there. You're there in the events of the Scripture. You're there listening to God's voice because Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. They know my voice. And they don't listen to the voice of a stranger. And so as we pray before we read the word of God, it just protects us from our mind going all ballistic. And that isn't to say that we'll, we won't say, oh, I was supposed to call Aunt Matilda for her birthday. So write it down. Keep a little pad of paper next to you and write, call Aunt Matilda, and then get bring your mind back to the, to the scripture. And Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. And then the whole idea of combining this with prayer. And so very often after I read the word, I, you know, will close the scripture or keep it open on my lap. And then, um, someone made me a beautiful hand carved, um, cross. It's kind of a free form cross that someone made and you hold it in your hand between your fingers. And maybe I'll see if Rachel can take, uh, let me send a photograph and you can see this beautiful cross and then you hold it in your hand. And again, there's just kind of something embodied about meditating on the scripture, holding it next to your heart, embracing the cross and what Jesus did for us on that cross. And so sometimes I, I just will hold it in my hand, maybe hold it against my chest, close my eyes, and just let the Lord pray through me. Who is on his heart? I know he intercedes for me, and he intercedes for all those in my life. So I want to join with him. Teach me how to pray, as the disciples said. And if you don't know how to pray, sometimes just praying the Lord's Prayer very slowly and meditating on each phase, because that's a beautiful way that he taught us the principles of prayer and what that looks like. And you don't pray for your daily bread to almost the end of the prayer, but you're first starting with praise and adoration and praying for his kingdom to come, his will to be done, you know, those things. And letting each of those be kind of a launching pad for greater 
prayer emphasis and you can use the Lord's Prayer daily if, if you feel that that gives you a structure or you can do it so slowly that each day you use a phrase of it, but it's a great way to teach us how to pray. I don't think Jesus wanted us to pray it over and over again necessarily, although there's power in praying that prayer, it's the word of God, but also to teach us the principles of what prayer looks like. So I think the most important thing we do after reading scripture is we listen to God. We don't just talk to him, but prayer and a quiet time is a conversation. And so a lot of that conversation is us listening to his still small voice and then us acting on on what we're hearing. He may say, you need to call, you know, Susie McGillicuddy, you were really rude to her yesterday. You need to call and apologize to her. Write that down, that type of thing. He may just say, I won't really want you to pray for your brother's friend who is in the military, or I want you to pray. You know, you never know. And then you hear stories later about people saying, I had such a burden. I prayed for so-and-so. And then later on, you find out they're in great danger, or they were ill, or they almost were in a car accident that day. And so praying with God's voice and how he wants us to pray. It's just so important. And and so I talked about in the previous podcast about getting our marching orders for the day. And I think if you're in a job, if you're in um, the military, wherever you are, you get your orders for the day. This is what we're supposed to accomplish today. This is These are our goals. These are our dreams for the day. Wouldn't it be great if we could remodel the kitchen or, you know, whatever it is, uh, depending on where you're working or what, what your course of life is. And I believe that God is the original kind of vision caster for our day. And it might just be, I want you to focus on being kind. I want you to focus on listening well to your children. I want you to spend the day constantly when you feel bitter or angry or fearful. Um, every time you do that, I want you to pray instead of, of going down that kind of rabbit trail. And so the Lord gives us the direction for the day, and that's all part of it. And then just closing, praying for that as, as he leads you. And then off you go with your children, maybe having a quiet time with them, maybe teaching them to have a quiet time, or maybe your spouse is still there. If, if, if mom is homeschooling, then maybe daddy hasn't left for work yet and you could have your quiet time together. And just modeling that for the children, or if daddy's homeschooling and mommy has to leave um, for work, then again, showing children that we, we meet with God before we face the world every day. We wouldn't miss that for the world. And as they get older, what do they want to do? Well, they want to be just like us. And so that's the beauty of modeling these things for our kids. So hope that's helpful. And then the last thing I wanted to mention is Bible memory. And so taking those three by five cards and maybe you're doing a consistent memorization, um, maybe every day you're memorizing a, a scripture from the Psalms or from the Gospels or wherever the Lord leads you. But again, taping those scriptures up, maybe singing them. That's always my favorite way to memorize scripture. And someday we'll do a podcast just all about that. But if you can find a song that is verbatim singing that, so the verses project 
or seeds CDs from Nashville, um, or some of the old Maranatha music that was verbatim scripture that if you're on Spotify or um, Apple Music or something where you can put the the verse that you're interested in singing and see if a song comes up. Sometimes it's just thinking about that song, which I don't find to be particularly helpful, but sometimes it's a verbatim uh, singing of that scripture, which is so helpful because that will Velcro that scripture to you forever. And of course, you can teach it to your children so easily and they will remember it as well. So I hope this has been helpful and it's always a growing process. We never arrive with, with this, but, you know, starting small, not having these huge expectations, I'm going to pray for two hours every morning, that's a recipe for defeat and discouragement. But just say, can I carve 15 minutes or even 10 minutes? Maybe, you know, daddy takes a train every day or there's different ways you can make this work. But um, see if you can't instill this pattern in your life, also instilling it at the same time in your children's lives. So thank you for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings!